Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the channel. Fellas, 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 the Week 8 Closing Thoughts show is about to begin right now. All you got to do is sit back, relax, let your shoulders lean, take your shoes off, and open up your earballs. And then one final thing, a little subscribe button pops up right there. You can tap that bad boy, join this lovely community totally free. Let's slide into this right now. Final thoughts. The week is almost up. We're almost to football. Here we are, rolling through, starting with the quarterback position so the quarterback position is interesting this week right because it is pretty straightforward we have now four more teams back on the slate after the mega buy but it's pretty straightforward and i actually talked about these exact five quarterbacks in the new video that is releasing every thursday morning now the top five stacks video where i show you exactly uh, what the strategy is for stacking this week uh, where i am at so this is kind of just an even more in-depth interest of those guys and those players on those teams. And, and the only thing that will change here is if Tyrod Taylor actually ends up playing, he'll probably join the list of maybes, which is the X's you see on the screen. But these are the five guys to me when you factor in their team totals, when you factor in their, their skill sets plus their wide receivers' salaries and upsides that make the most sense from stacking. Uh, the two favorite guys that I like right now are Josh Allen and Matt Stafford in terms of look at their team totals over 31. They're both getting you there week in and week out, averaging 25 and 28 fantasy points per game they both have pass catching weapons that are secure and also guys on the cheaper end if you're talking Josh Allen Cole Beasley is somehow still cheap right you have a fairly priced Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders and honestly a decent price at $8,100 Stefan Diggs Matthew Stafford's price point itself has come up obviously Cooper Cup remains expensive a fair price point on Robert Woods and Tyler Higby and still a cheap $3,000 price tag on the cheat code every single week for this Ram stack it seems or every other week in Van Jefferson so it's easy to get to these guys right now Josh Allen is my highest projected quarterback my second highest projected quarterback is actually not Matt Stafford we'll get to him when we get to him but Matt Stafford is my third highest projected quarterback this week Josh Allen is going to have a nice match if he's facing the number 13 overall defense in Miami that continues to struggle when it comes to pass protection compared to last year and Matt Stafford just has the matchup of all matchups according to pro football focus a positive 24 percent pass blocking advantage against Houston Houston currently ranks 29th out of 32 teams in the NFL and actually guarding the pass whereas they're now facing the number one passing offense yet again fireworks can be in the making here and then then you jump down a little bit and Tom Brady my interest in Tom Brady from when I recorded this stacking video which was about a day ago to today have actually changed because it came out that Antonio Brown's injury might actually be more long term which what does that do well it compresses the targets a little bit it makes a six thousand dollar price tag in that range uh, Chris Godwin look a lot better it makes Mike Evans who's a fair price point now without Antonio Brown look a lot better as a red zone option right like he was last week for three touchdowns it even gives you this possibility that a $3,000 Tyler Johnson can eventually be in play in, in stacks or as one-offs Rob Gronkowski may come back and be an option for you when there's one a guy in Antonio Brown who was leading this team in target share when he's in there likely now going to be out yet again it makes Tom Brady look a little bit more appealing and you get the benefit of Brady being cheaper than Stafford and Josh Allen the problem for Brady would be just a matchup like this is a a much more difficult matchup the matchup that Allen against Miami and and this is factored into the team total sum and Stafford against Houston is just a totally different matchup than what you're getting for Brady versus New Orleans a much more difficult spot Brady I currently have for 22 fantasy points and they're going to be facing a pass rush that has been down a bunch of guys right like if you're just talking about the defense dealing with injuries has not been healthy missing two or three defensive linemen slash edge rushers the entire year for New Orleans so their pass rush is not necessarily there but overall they're still number six in defense even though their pass rush has been slacking due to injury and then the other two guys on this list, I do think that Justin Herbert could be an interesting name here because we've seen New England's defense not be anywhere near as good as it has been in the past and as has people thought it might have been in the beginning of the year. This is the number 30th ranked pass rush and the number 23 overall defense so far this season. So there's going to be a lot of time for Justin Herbert, who had some offensive line injuries coming off of the bye week. Then he has all the weapons, a fair price Keenan Allen, a cheap Jared Cook to fit into stacks. If you want to get different within a stack, Mike Williams and or his running back.
Mack, uh, Austin Eckler, who are both expensive, are interesting options. Probably not together, but one or the other. A nice team total of 27.3. He is yet another one. I only have right now five players on this slate projecting out for 20 or more fantasy points, and all five projects out for 22 or more, so Herbert and Brady are in that 22 range. And then the final guy here is Jalen Hurts, and I'm very close to making Jalen Hurts a yes. The problem for me in making him a yes is it's just not secure. Jalen Hurts can go out there and do what he does. He's my second highest projected quarterback at 24.7 fantasy points. I have these projections as well as ownership. I do think that Jalen Hurts will be the highest owned quarterback up there with the Staffords and Josh Allens. That being said, it doesn't make me run away from them, but I have this projections, ownerships, the optimizer, a bunch of other stuff, of course, all the tools, the rankings, Discord, you can check all out down below now over a thousand we're approaching 1100 patreon members so be sure to join the patreon community and get up all in there but i mean jalen hurts just gets the matchup of all matchups now not only has he himself been the only quarterback this year to finish as a quarterback one every single week averaging 25 fantasy points per game the number four quarterback in a standard league scoring right now but now he grades out as the best value on this slate he has the best matchup against detroit who currently ranks 37th in coverage 37th in overall defense and oh yeah 32nd against the run everything just looks damn good here that's why you're getting them as actually favorites in this game like one where the eagles normally favorites what a 25 and a half 26 team implied total really good matchup the problem is can we double stack this and i just don't know like dallas goddard and, Jav and devonta smith are your main stacking options here right those are the main guys that look the best sure quez Watkins and jalen rager can be in there do i want to go though jalen hurts with both of those guys i'm not totally against it but i'm more so leaning towards the single stack run it back with a hawkinson or a swift or maybe even a khalif raymond so that's the quarterback position for me this week it is very straightforward it's just simple as that it's straightforward. That's the guys that I want. I don't really want any of these other guys. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe Tyrod Taylor, but Joe Burrow is expensive. Ryan Tannehill is expensive. Jameis Winston is, is an interesting name because of the fact that they have a 22.5 team total as underdogs versus a pass funnel in Tampa. So if you really wanted to go there, sure. But they play so damn slow. They're getting Alvin Kamara involved in everything. The big play upside is not there. Maybe not because of Jameis, but because they're dealing with Traquan Smith and Marcus Callaway and Kenny Stills as their receivers. Some people may be interested in going right back to Tua. I don't have a good projection on him this week. Is a totally different matchup than he had against Atlanta this week. I mean, you're getting probably the number one defense as opposed to Atlanta last week, a bottom five defense. So a totally different spot for Tua. Not that appealing to me. Jacksonville versus Seattle seems to be a very slow paced game. I, I can't really see a, tr a, a Trevor Lawrence rookie ceiling game there. So it's tough. It's tough to like any of this after. I mean, Mac Jones is a run back in, in Chargers. I'm not putting my money behind that, but 22 implied total is six point underdog is not terrible. Yeah. So that's where I'm basically at with quarterback. Before we slide into running backs, and I'm really trying to condense my running back and wide receivers this week more than ever. We did that last week and it really worked out for us winning over $15,000 rookies. Let's talk about some of the props that I have this week. So this is prize picks. We talked about underdog the other day. You should be shopping your lines on as many sites as you possibly can. So here's your other option in prize picks. Any bet, your first bet, if you're a first time user, limited time offer, your first bet is matched up to $100 if you use the code SAL. Simple, pricepicks.com. You got a code, yes, SAL. There's a link down below. So what I'm doing here, since we just talked about quarterbacks, I'm taking the under 11 and a half rushing yards on Carson Wentz. Wentz has only hit this number once in the last five games and was actually the last time out against San Francisco where he ran for 23 yards. But before that, he only combined for 14 rushing yards in the previous four games. I just don't think that this is something that they want Wentz doing to be honest with you. And I do think that this is what you're seeing out of Jonathan Taylor being used more. This is going to be the last audition for Marlon Mack if he's not traded before this game, right? I don't think that Wentz is going to have it. And really what we're hoping for here is that the one run, right? The one breakaway run. Wentz is not as mobile. He doesn't want to run as much with these injuries that he's had. So I'm not, I'm not going to be relying on the first couple of weeks where he ran for 23 and 37 yards because obviously since then he got hurt, right? And since he got hurt, he has ran for zero, eight, five, one, and 23 yards. And the 23 yards last week with the rushing touchdown, it's going to be a couple of QB sneaks 
Jackson in the one long run. So I'm just going to lean on the fact that this does not happen again because it does not seem like that's something they want him to do or he wants to do with this injury. The second thing here is Dalvin Cook's under 24 and a half receiving yards. Now, the only thing that does worry me with Dalvin Cook is the fact that Dalvin Cook is coming off of a bye week. He made it pretty known to the media that he needed the bye week. So now if you get Dalvin Cook off the bye week and he's fully healthy, does that mean a couple more screen plays just automatically getting him into the offense, which makes this number look a little bit worse? If you're looking at the receiving numbers so far for Dalvin Cook, Cook so far this year has games of 43 when he was fully healthy to start the season, but then he ended up having 17, 10, and just three receiving yards. And then he missed some of the other games. So we'll take the under 24 and a half receiving yards here on Dalvin Cook. And I have one more prop in here on a player who's been trending very, very nice, but we'll save that for after we talk about the running back position to try and hold some of your attention. So there's the big thing. Use the code Sal. That's a couple of the props. My full props thread will be on Twitter. I so far this week, I think, including Thursday Night Football, have like eight or nine props, probably get up to double digits by Sunday. So be sure to use that code Sal for a free bet up to $100. People, what are you doing? It's literally free. You get $100 or 50, whatever your first bet is, up to 100. So if you put 50 in, you get an extra $50 to just play with. It's free. Go ahead. You know you're going to be putting money. If you're watching this, you're spending money on DFS, put money in there. Code Sal, pricepicks.com. So we hit up the running back position now, and although it's all yeses on the screen, those are all my yeses right there. So it's actually pretty condensed. We'll have a lot of maybes as well, but the running back position early on is going to look like a couple of studs, a couple of mid-range guys, in a week where we actually have cheap value. This is a fun week. You have the pay-up options, you have the mid-range options, and you have multiple, like maybe even five guys below $5,500 that are going to be their RB1A on their team or their RB1 this week. So this is a fun week. It starts up top at Alvin Kamara, matchup against Tampa, dreaded Tampa, but rookie Khalil Herbert puts up 130 yards last week if Kamara is just going to catch 10 balls in an offense which obviously we can't rely on but as underdogs in this one by five points with a decent team implied total projected to score over three touchdowns it looks like a nice spot for Alvin Kamara I have Alvin Kamara as my highest projected running back for around 22 fantasy points when you're looking at this one he's facing a team that obviously is fantastic he has a number three run offense versus right now Tampa Bay's number 15 run defense now Tampa Bay has been great in terms of what their run defense is and a lot of people get this confused when I say Tampa Bay's run defense ranks number 15th that's factoring in all of the players skill sets all their grades at this point. Jason Pierre-Paul has taken a little bit of a step down. Uh, in the pass rush game, he had his best game last week, but overall in tackling and run blocking or run stopping. But it's not that, oh, but they've given up the least yards this year. Yeah, because teams aren't running on them. Teams aren't running on them because they're getting down in games. They they run once and Vita Vey is right there. Now it's second and 12, and then they just don't run for a couple of games after. And in general, teams in the NFL aren't running at all. But when you're trailing by a touchdown or two, you need to throw more. But what happens when they tried to run on them last week, even though they're down 30 points because Justin Fields just looks that bad? Well, Khalil Herbert goes for over 100 yards, right? So this is a this is a fine, a very good uh, defensive line. It's obvious. That's very obvious. But I don't think it's as elite as people think. I just don't think teams are trying to test them. Still one of the best in the league, but can still be had. And I think that Alvin Kamara is fine here. Next up, you get these guys that just look like solid options. I mean, DeAndre Swift, definitely in runback options, is probably my favorite guy there. He just has this insane role of averaging close to, I mean, he's, he's on pace to get close to 200 touches on the ground and 100 receptions, which has only been done like twice in NFL history so far. I think it's been maybe Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. There might be one or two other guys in there. It's a very short list of like five guys. Austin Eckler, I believe, has the 100 yard season or the 100 reception season but you get in here with DeAndre Swift that looks fine DeAndre Swift projects out for me for 17 a lot of guys project out for like the mid to upper 17s and then it just comes down to what their price points are so Swift will be like a 17 point projection guy so will Joe Mixon around a 17 and a half point projection guy it makes these guys look really good this week Joe Mixon is going to get a matchup where he has a positive 17 percent run blocking advantage against the number 30th run defense right now in the New York Jets and Mixon is a 10 and a half point favorite this week will probably be a popular survivor pick for a lot of teams when you see how bad Zach Wilson has been and now Zach Wilson is out and now you're going to be getting Mike White when Joe Flacco can't play in time. So Cincy, how often do you get to actually use them in Survivor? Looks like a good spot to actually go ahead and take Cincy in Survivor Leagues and just 
fingers crossed that you don't lose to Mike White and that's the way you go out but if that's the way you go out that's the way you go out we get to some of these guys who if you watch my values video they pop up in there I really like James Robinson I really like Daryl Henderson like James Robinson right now for me has a similar projection to Najee Harris to uh, Austin Eckler to DeAndre Swift to Joe Mixon and he is major major cheaper than some of those names I mean we're talking $1,300 cheaper than Austin Eckler we're talking $500 cheaper than DeAndre Swift even though he has a more secure role I would say similar pass catching role a 60% route participation rate for James Robinson so I like Robinson here a good amount Henderson same exact thing 14 and a half point favorite 31.25 team applied total I'm not stacking him with Stafford but in games where Stafford or get lineups where I don't have Stafford there's a good chance I'm getting Henderson in a lot of those because he gets a matchup against Houston's number 27 run defense and dead last ranked tackling unit for a running back who has been able to break tackles a positive 66% run blocking advantage the Texans give up two and a half yards two and a half yards per carry before contact so for a guy who breaks tackles he's going to be averaging four yards a clip James Robinson and Henderson are in that price range that I really like this week in a lot of lineups next up Chuba Hubbard was close to being a maybe for me but I just like him too much I have him for close to 16 fantasy points when you factor in his price discount he looks a little bit better here he's getting a lot of the opportunities at this point you're getting like 17 plus opportunities in in three straight games he's been the workhorse back in this offense he now gets a matchup against a bottom third run defense in Atlanta whose defensive line is not great he probably should be closer to a maybe compared to these other guys up here especially since i don't have leonard fournette as a yes against new orleans so we'll put him to a maybe and then close to the rest of the guys are on the screen right now the only guy that's not is michael carter but khalil herbert and kenny gamel out of all these cheap guys this week and the main cheap guys are going to be khalil herbert kenny gamel michael carter and elijah mitchell the main ones i like are khalil herbert and kenny gamel uh mainly kenny, uh, khalil herbert in the price range of elijah mitchell because of his pass catching chops and also just a little bit better of a matchup like you're going to be actually getting him at home and i know that elijah mitchell will be a favorite but you're going to get probably 16 carries on the ground that used Jermichael Hasty for over a 20% target share last week, San Francisco, in his return. So Mitchell's just a really one-dimensional back, so it's touchdown or bust, whereas Khalil Herbert has some pass-catching chops, not only from college, not only from the preseason when he had a couple of receiving touchdowns, but you saw that pass-catching chops just last week as well with a couple of receptions. Herbert's going to get a matchup this week that is going to be probably more difficult than Mitchell's, but I'll, fa- I'll take the pass-catching role. I currently have Herbert for 14 point fantasy, 14.2 fantasy points to Mitchell, a little bit under 14, and then Kenny Gamel. Kenny Gamel, I'm going to be taking over Michael Carter. Game was 5k flat Carter's 4900 Carter the nice thing is that Mike White's starting who targeted him almost nine times well Zach Wilson got a couple targets early on but nine total targets 20 total opportunities for over 100 yards for Michael Carter last week both guys for me are firmly in play as I have game for 13.3 points and Carter for 12.5 points this week but you're getting game with no Miles Sanders I think Boston Scott takes on that Miles Sanders role which could be a concern because they're actually favorites in this one so you might not get as much pass catching opportunities out of the backfield but I think the snap count is naturally going to go up closer to 50 50 plus percent Michael Carter and Kenny game right now it's yes Michael Carter maybe Kenny Gamewell or yes Kenny Gamewell maybe Michael Carter for me but I do think it's more closer to probably a coin flip the rest of the maybes on the screen right now Derrick Henry Eckler Najee Harris Chubb Fournette any of these guys that you can get in runbacks go for it if Henry's ownership continues to be as suppressed as it looks early in the week and instead of being 20% it's only looking like 10 or 12 I'll probably jump to that and then right now Najee Harris will be interesting I want to see where Najee Harris ownership ends up coming in towards the end of the week I currently have Najee Harris coming in with 14% ownership which is around average for this week it'll put him around like the fifth or sixth most expensive in terms of ownership running back if that continues to stay low I could jump to Najee Harris at $7,500 the problem is just a 19 implied team total as underdogs against Cleveland's defense it's not a good spot and as we get into the wide receiver position there's a like button somewhere up there tap that bad boy for me we're going to be having the that one do video tomorrow we have a top stacks video the top plays video at every our wide receiver top five at wide receiver running back in my projections lots of videos already out of course live on Sunday let's get into the final prop that I've taken for this specific video at least right now so we talked about Davin Cook we talked about Wentz but we have a couple unders right the next under I'm going to be taking under 65 and a half receiving 
receiving yards for Kyle Pitts. I hear all the gasps coming out of the crowd right now. Kyle Pitts looks fantastic. Kyle Pitts is already on pace. He's already right now pacing to break the record of tight ends by Mike Dicka and absolutely smash it for receiving yards. He's potentially going to be a pro bowler at this pace, right? But it's only been two games. It's been two games, one in which there was no Russell Gage and there was no Calvin Ridley out there, right? And it was Omadid Zacchaeus and Cordell Patterson as his main options. So there's that one game against the Jets, right? Where he had nine catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. But then Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage returned and he backs it up even more, even with Xavier Howard on him, seven catches, 163 yards and eight targets. So he's now had 18 targets over his last two games, 27 targets over his last three games right now. And he's just balling out. And he looks fantastic. And I get it. He looks really good. But if you look at the last two game sample, do we think that he's going to continue to average over every game 130 yards? No, I don't. Do I think that Calvin Ridley eventually is going to have more than 20 receiving and 30 receiving yards in a game? Yes. And if this is the week that Calvin Ridley can take advantage of there being no JC Horn on the outside and can get a little bit more depth on his targets and can have a not even 150 yard game, but an 80 yard game, it's going to limit what Kyle Pitts can do. And Kyle Pitts can still have a good game. He can still go six for 62 in a touchdown and we still win this bet. I just think we're getting a little bit of a high number here. I have Kyle Pitts for around 58 yards. I mean, Kyle Pitts, I know he's basically a wide receiver, but this is a massive number to be laying for a rookie who I know has looked elite the last two games. I know for a rookie tight end on a bad offense, right? This is a massive, massive number. And an offense that is getting more creative and exciting, but overall, generally for the rest of the league factored in at best an average to below average offense. So he has gone under this number 50% of the games this year. He is now trending in the right direction. So this number, instead of being in the fifties, like it has been the last couple of weeks is now in the sixties. It does make me not like it a lot. I know a lot of people want to get away from it, but that's why unders usually look good in terms of you're getting a higher number. You're getting value. If you will, that number should probably be 60. So I'm taking the extra five yards of value that I have. It should probably be 58 somewhere in there. So I take the under there you get you match that up with any of these other ones or a bunch of other props that you have over on price picks and use that code sal for a free bet up to a hundred dollar russies it as simple as that sal sal get your free hundred buck bet now we get into the wide receiver position of the show and this is going to be where i have the most interest but again i'm trying to compress it last week we were very condensed on wide receiver like the way that it just worked out there was less games on the slate the stacks that i like look really good just like this week i had 60 percent godwin smash i ended up getting i think 15 percent 12 percent mike evans at the end of the day smash 45 percent cup ended up smashing we got 17 percent robert woods was fine right everything started to feel really good last week contributed to a major week so cooper cups up top again i'm not even going to discuss cooper cup 11.6 targets per game 35 percent target share looks great he's the main stacking option i don't care how expensive he is uh, the ownership's 20 percent. he's gonna be really high there's definitely other ways to go but if you're playing matthew stafford stacks at a heavy clip you're gonna have a lot of cooper cup stefan diggs exact same analysis if you're playing a lot of josh allen diggs you're gonna or josh allen stacks you're gonna have a lot of stefan diggs diggs who projects out for me for 19.8 fantasy points this week diggs who projects out for me for close to double digit targets against miami who historically diggs absolutely dominates and earlier this year he didn't dominate them but he still found the end zone debo samuel is the next man up here and debo samuel is just going to continue to go out there and lead the nfl right now very quietly but a 36% target share. We'll have great matchups this week, averaging 9.7 targets per game. Actually, now he's over averaging over 10 targets per game, but he has a 34-pound advantage on all of the Chicago cornerbacks. We'll see if the rookie or the second-year player, Jalen Johnson, is healthy enough to get out there. But Debo is my second-highest projected player. 20.2 fantasy points. Looks fantastic. DJ Moore has been very, very quiet the last couple of weeks. DJ Moore, who's averaging still quietly 10.2 or 10.3 targets per game, even though the targets have been coming up the last couple of weeks for Robbie Anderson. The problem is, what do you do now? They're looking for a new quarterback in the trade market. Apparently, they're out on Watson. You have P.J. Walker, the XFL king there. Sam Donald just looks like he's stinking. And it's really, really hurting D.J. Moore. But then you look at what D.J. Moore is doing. And against the Eagles, who play slow in a matchup against Darius Slay, where Sam Donald was awful. Yeah, five catches, seven targets, 42 yards. Not good. But you look at then, okay, D.J. Moore's not been hitting, but has he been just completely sucking? No, you actually look at this. Five catches on 13 targets, 73 yards. Not terrible, but 11 fantasy points. Six catches on 10 targets for 73 yards again, back-to-back weeks. And in those weeks, 222 air yards and 100. 
105 air yards, right? So he's had 100 or more errors in four of his last five games, and he had 13.3 fantasy points last week. The amount of usage that this guy is getting downfield, if Sam Darnold or PJ Walker can just come close to hitting a target here, right? He is going to smash because in the worst case scenarios these last couple of weeks, he's getting 73 yards on a couple of receptions and still scoring you an average of like 12 fantasy points. DJ Moore's ceiling is about to pop off very, very soon if he can just, he's getting open, if he can just get an accurate target here or there. I have him for 18.8 fantasy points this week, and he should be coming in with relatively low ownership compared to these other guys. Calvin Ridley's on here. I expect Ridley to pick up a lot of ownership because even though he's not hitting for people, he's still getting points, right? He's still scoring the touchdowns. He's still getting like 12 or 13 fantasy points every single week for you. His target share is insane. I put a tweet out earlier in the week. The price point doesn't move. The target share is insane. Eventually, just like Kyle Pitts was struggling for the first four or five weeks, he was getting all the routes run, all the targets, but wasn't hitting. That's what's happening with Ridley right now. You're getting over his last four games, 10, 11, 13, and 10 targets. And the fantasy points are decent. They're just not what you expect if you drafted him in your second round of fantasy drafts. But for $6,600, 19, 14, 15, and 13 fantasy points isn't the worst thing in the world. We want 20 plus, but it's not like he's getting out there and going Odell style with five fantasy points. Keenan Allen looks very good in stacks. Keenan Allen is going to be somebody that I think people maybe not forget about, but because he wasn't seeing a lot of volume, Mike Williams has had these massive two touchdown games. Keenan Allen has just been kind of quietly fading away, still running the routes, still getting decent targets, but quietly fading away. That really bad game before the bye week, all of the Chargers looked terrible that week, and then that was off of their big week, so they all look terrible. They go on by. People kind of forget about them. Last time we saw Keenan Allen, he was only having five catches for 50 yards, but Keenan Allen has also been somebody who's going out there running 35 routes a week and basically seeing on average around nine targets per game. Allen is a quiet guy coming off of the bye to watch. We pull up some of the rest of these interests at wide receiver for me. These are the rest of my yeses. Chris Godwin gets a big bump. Chris Godwin last week was a guy that I had 60% ownership of. He goes over 100 yards. He has a touchdown. He looks fantastic. Godwin this week for me grades out for close to 17 fantasy points. This is assuming Antonio Brown is out. I'm currently projecting Antonio Brown out. He would be my favorite stacking option with Mike or with uh, Tom Brady. Evans is up there, of course. I do think that an interesting stack is Godwin and Gronk because people won't be as on Gronk because he'll probably be questionable all week. Brandon Cooks, I think the only way I'm getting Brandon Cooks this week, and we talked about this in the stacking video, is in runbacks of Ram stacks. But when you're doing this, be very you got to watch the video because we do something very specific so that you ensure that you only get, if you're building with the optimizer, our optimizer, the big energy optimizer, you only end up getting Brandon Cooks in some runbacks, but it's not like you're getting. So if you got 30% Matt Stafford and 30% Ram stacks this week, you don't want to have 30% Brandon Cooks. You don't want every single one of those lineups to rely on Brandon Cooks, not only because of injury threats, but because Davis Mills might be throwing him the ball, even if it's Tyrod off of injury. I mean, you just don't want that. And can you go out there, Brandon Cooks, and by the time you're watching this or shortly after you watch this, have eight catches, 120 yards? Yeah, and be the best option you should have him in every lineup sure but we're talking about hindsight here i don't want every single one of my really good ram stacks or at least on paper really good ram stacks to be weighed down by a potential bad brandon cooks game right we saw this with the bills the bills beat win 35 nothing brandon cooks does nothing in that game and if you had brandon cooks in every run back it's not good so set your optimizers to at most one not exactly one but at most one so maybe you get like 13 percent brandon cooks this week but you got 30 percent bill stacks so it's like half of your lineups at brandon cooks i would want it more so probably closer to a third but i don't want to stack anybody else up with the rams other than brandon cooks we talk more deeply about stacks and each specific strategy in that video that released Thursday morning. Devonta Smith, I think, is a very interesting play this week. I think my ownership on Devonta Smith for a 12-game slate, yeah, I only have him at like 8% projected ownership right now, even though he's projecting out for 14.4 fantasy points. A really good matchup, the best matchup it gets. The worst cornerback core in the NFL that we've seen probably in like the last decade is in Detroit right now as their only decent player who was actually bad last year, their rookie, Akuda, who's bad. He's now on IR since week two. Devonta Smith looks like, I would say, the 1A, 1B with Dallas Goddard if you're stacking up. Probably, if you're talking GPPs, which that's the only way we're stacking. I would go Devonta Smith, then Goddard in that order. I think Devonta Smith has a higher ceiling. This is a great spot. Not even in stacks, but as a one-off, Devonta Smith looks great. Emmanuel Sanders, purely in stacks with Buffalo. He's good. We know that. Target share, air yards down the field, well ahead of
of Gabriel Davis. Michael Pittman, one of my top values this week, Mr. Michael Pittman, is quietly just dominating. And this is the projection I have on Michael Pittman, even with T.Y. Hilton projected in. So I'm projecting T.Y. Hilton to play. I have Pittman for 14.5 fantasy points, one of the best value wide receivers, like a top five value wide receiver from our video on the slate. You're getting Pittman right now just dominating. I mean, he's had over his basically six out of his last seven games, at least 10 fantasy points. He's had three games of 20 plus in there, which is going to be your GVP type winning scores. You're getting a lot of target share. You're getting downfield usage. We like to see that. And now a good matchup as they're underdogs in this one with a good team total. 24 implied team total as underdogs is a smash spot for wide receivers. And the final yeses for me right now, Cole Beasley is the top value play of the week at wide receiver for me. He's going to be a, a priority, probably my number one option in stacks with just because of his cheapness. Like if you're just single stacking, go Stefan Diggs with, with uh, Mr. Josh Allen. But if you're going with any type of double stacks, Cole Beasley is the first guy in over Sanders. T Higgins looks great. T Higgins quietly has the number eight target share in the NFL coming off of a 15 target game. I know Jamar Chase is the dominating factor here, but Higgins leads this team in targets when he's actually out there. He missed a game and a half and an overtime game. But if you're looking at target share, T Higgins is actually the X alpha receiver on this team. Jamar Chase is one of the best Y already or Z receivers in the league who's scoring the touchdowns and had the 200 yard game last week. But if you're talking about volume, if you're talking about volume on this team, the leading receiver and target share is T Higgins very quietly looks like a very strong play against the Jets this week. Jacoby Myers looks fine. We scroll down now and you're going to get in this list. Now you're just going to get a couple of other studs who have obvious ceilings who might be options in stacks. Uh, the studs who are not options in stacks, but have obvious ceilings. Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, the ones that in stack options that are less appealing, but look good, if especially if they're low owned. Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, right? You go down a little bit more. Devontae Parker is very close to a yes for me, but I'm just concerned. He's just been injured all season long. I don't know how much I can expect him if he returns this week to come back fully healthy. But Parker, if you're talking about run backs of those Buffalo stacks, you have Waddle, you have Gusecki, but if Parker comes back, Gusecki's going to see less wide receiver usage, not good for him, and more inline usage, which is not a ton of inline, but some more. But if Parker comes back, I like him at his price point the most. So this is another stack option like we talked about with the Rams where you don't have to run back Buffalo, right? They only have an 18 implied total Miami. It's not going to be good for Tua against his defense, but Parker would probably be my favorite option. Jerry Judy, 4,900, another really nice play. If he's fully healthy and fully back, he was dominating week one on 24 rounds, seeing seven targets. But coming off of that, that high ankle sprain, I'm not too sure how much we can rely on him to come right back into this offense and dominate. Van Jefferson, another cheap wide receiver option for us. Let's close it up with tight ends this week. A lot of tight ends are in play. This is this is the best price tight end slate I think we've seen in a while. And a big reason why is nobody's expensive. The most expensive guy is $6,300 Kyle Pitts, who I have interest in, but not a lot, as, as you can probably tell from my under 65 and a half receiving yards. But you start up top, Dallas Goddard is the best tight end play this week. Last week didn't have a great game, but still scored 10 fantasy points and what was as bad of a game as it gets for just his usage overall without Zach Ertz. But he still ran all the routes. He still saw some targets on now you get a 26 team implied total, $4,700. He's my highest projected tight end this week. I actually believe that and maybe he's my second highest. So I have Kyle Pitts for 12.8 and Dallas Goddard for 12.4, but you're getting a significant price discount. Goddard's my favorite tight end. The narrative for Tyler Higby continues. I'm probably only playing Higby in my stacks. So I'm probably only playing him in my Stafford stacks, which probably gets me like 10 or 15% Higby. Ricky Seals-Jones, if Logan Thomas is not activated off IR, he's eligible to return. But if he's not, Ricky Seals-Jones is just rinse and repeat. I do think he'll be owned at 10% ownership, but Ricky Seals-Jones projects out for close to 10 fantasy points and he's in the 3K range, a smash play. And then you get two more values. I mean, there's just so much great value plays this week. Jared Cook and Chargers stacks. If you're playing char du Chargers double stacks this week, it's very easy to just go Jared Cook plus Keenan Allen or Jared Cook plus Mike Williams. It looks fantastic. I know Jared Cook has been very boomer bust for a lot of people this year, and it's kind of hurt them, especially the big game that we all remember is the one where there's so many points scored in Jared Cook. He only contributes late in the fourth quarter on a 
catch and run of 31 yards. But if you're looking at this, just a week later, he scores a touchdown. He's had a red zone target now in the majority of the games. He's had seven targets now in two out of his last three games and at least five targets in the majority of his games. Jared Cook, I would only probably go to in stacks. Like I'm probably only going to Jared Cook in stacks because I'd rather just punt all the way down to Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold, who has been productive. Dan Arnold, who's actually athletic. Dan Arnold, who is a solid player. And now he's going to be paired up with Jacksonville, who likes targeting the tight end Trevor Lawrence so far, not only in college to an extent, but also so far in the NFL. In his first two starts or first two full games, because he played Thursday night football against Cincy, but was limited. You're getting a 28 routes run and a 27 routes run, leading to eight catches on 13 targets. And he's so far combined for about 17 fantasy points during that time. I mean, if you get eight fantasy points out of a $2,800 tight end, that's great. I've been projecting out for over eight this week. The rest of the tight ends that are in play, I mean, basically you could just say all of them are in play after that. But here's some other guys. Kyle Pitts because of the ceiling. TJ Hawkinson because of a runback option versus Philly. George Kittle, who Shanahan says is going, he expects him to play this week. But Shanahan has said that about a lot of guys and then they don't play just this year alone, including George Kittle. So I'm not going to rely on that just yet. But if he's in play at $5,100, if he plays, that's decent. No fine. And then Rob Gronkowski will become a yes for me. The problem is the price point's expensive, but he will become a yes if we just get the news that he's playing. He practiced on Wednesday. He got limited practice in on Thursday. If we get the news that he's actually playing with this like broken fucking rib or broken back, then I can go ahead and get Gronk in there as a yes because he would mainly be like a very similar yes as a Jared Cook or as a Tyler Higby, meaning that I'm probably just getting to them only in stacks. But since I'm playing their stacks at a good clip, I'll probably get a decent amount of Rob Gronkowski. But there you go. There's your, there's your final thoughts for the week eight slate. Hopefully you got your education smacked into you. I'm looking at a lot of stuff right now. The matchup notes for every single game, every single player in every single game that's meaningful for fantasy. My projections, rankings, ownership, super draft projections, uh, the optimizers right up here with my stacks, everything I'm looking at right now, key stats database, and even more, Discord, all that other stuff all the other sports that we cover, NBA's in full swing, get into Patreon right now down below. We're over a thousand patrons right now. The community is legitimate, solid, and a lovely, lovely time. Let us say, hey, welcome to the family. Let us say, hey, welcome home. Come on in. Link down below. Support the sponsor of the program. Go take those props over on Price Picks. You're free, bet up to $100. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And I would like to thank you right now for giving me your time today. Best of luck. Enjoy the slate of games. It's all about enjoying the games, getting a little sweating on the games. Don't tilt yourself off. This is a fun hobby that you're hoping to make a lot of money off of, a side hustle potentially even, but don't tilt yourself face off right enjoy the games if you're tilting your face off too much then lower 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 what you're doing here lower your expectations lower the amount of money you're risking maybe you're risking too much but have a lovely time i appreciate you all the time best of luck i'll see you on the that one dude tomorrow and the sunday live stream